this morning? Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I want to welcome you to East Hales Baptist Church this morning. Just a few announcements before we get started. Uh, we've talked in the past about church membership and baptism and different things like that. So if you have a bulletin, inside your bulletin there's a care card. If you're interested in church membership, please fill that out and put it in the basket in the back so that we could have a, uh, a record of that. We'd really appreciate it. Also, at the end of service... Our ushers will be at all the doors. We're going to take up an offering for Bethel County Mercy. Um, and you can make your check out these tales of Baptist Church. Put in the memo of Bethel County Mercy. And we're so thankful they're here today. Let's give them a hand clap. Thank you for being with us. Uh, let's con continue to remember those that are in the hospital. In your bulletin, you have names of people, and they're all prayer requests. But specifically, we want to mention the High family and the Brooders. They're both at Baptist. Continue to remember them. Both families are making great progress, and we're very thankful for that, and we praise the Lord for that. But um, I'm going to say a word of prayer, then I'm going to ask you to stand up here in just a moment, and let's welcome each other to the house of the Lord. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for many blessings. Lord, thank you for uh, this opportunity to worship together with our brothers and sisters in Christ, uh, Lord, from Caldwell County. I pray that you be honored and glorified through all that's said and done, and we'll thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name I pray, and all of God's people say together, amen. Well, if you'll stand with me, let's welcome each other to the house of the Lord this morning.
Thank you, Praise Team. As I stated earlier, we're so blessed to have Bethel Colony of Mercy here. Um, I've, I've personally had friends uh, go through Bethel Colony of Mercy and receive great help. I like what they put on their website. They say this, we're a Bible teaching ministry for those who are interested in a Christian approach to treating substance abuse and alcoholism. We teach the addicted that there's victory through Jesus Christ and the truths of the Bible. And it's not a rehabilitation ministry, it's a transformation ministry. Is that not right, Pastor Paul? Hey, let's give Pastor Paul a hand and his wife. Thank you guys so much for what you do. You can come on up. And uh, I would just like to say this. When you give, uh, when you give at the end of the service, please give liberally. Okay, it's the only liberal thing we do here is give. So please do that. I really believe in this ministry. Um, and I really appreciate Pastor Paul and his, um, and his faithfulness to Bethel Colony of Mercy and uh, what we wanted to do this morning is give them the entire service. Uh, pray for us. We're going to feed uh, everybody here after the service in our gym. He'll be available after the service if you want to talk to him personally or about someone else. And he'll tell you how to, if, you, if you're seeking help for somebody else, how to do that. Okay, God bless you. Love you, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for being here as well. And you ladies, thank you for having us. Try it again. How's that? All right. We got an expression, Taylorsville, at uh, uh, Bethel Colony Mercy, and you've been with, we've been with you quite a few times. I think you might remember it. Kind of goes like this, attitude check, and you say, they weren't even going to wait for me to get the instructions. They're so excited about being here. Amen. Can we try that again? Attitude check. Amen. Let's try it again, Taylorsville. What are we here for? We're here to praise the Lord. And uh, so let's, we, we do this at Bethel every once in a while just to make sure that our mindset is right, that our focus is right there because sometimes we can stray and get distracted of what the day consumes of us. And every once in a while, it's good to just get an attitude check. Amen. Attitude check. Praise the Lord. I still hear them louder than you, but. Amen, amen. Well, as Pastor Jamie said, my name is uh, Paul Pruitt. Uh, me and my wife uh, have been serving and had the privilege to serve at Bethel Colony. This past February, we celebrated 20 years at being at Bethel Colony. Amen, amen. <clears throat> the uh, Bethel uh, is celebrating just next month. We will be celebrating 75 years of ministry, 75 years of ministry. Brother, if you want to let that slideshow go ahead uh, there, that way they can see the different things at Bethel there. 75 years. So uh, uh, Bethel, what we, um, uh, what we do, Pastor, uh, uh, give you a brief description of what we do. We minister to those who are in addiction. Uh, we minister to men and women there. We have two campuses. We have uh, one campus right there off Wilkesboro Boulevard in Lenore, North Carolina, and then about 24 miles away uh, in the Buffalo Cove area is the women's campus there that God has gifted us with. And uh, we uh, uh, have these wonderful places and tools there that people can come away in solitude and spend time with Jesus because we believe Jesus can give victory. How about you? Amen. Amen. The lie uh, of the world is that you're always going to have to be this way, always be uh, doomed underneath the heaviness of addiction there. But I don't believe the Bible teaches us that. Amen. 
And part of the reason I think the confusion is is because the world uh, speaks as addiction as a disease as if you're going to continue going through cancer the rest of your life uh, with an addiction there. Uh, but when I read the scriptures, according to the scriptures, I see uh, the word drunkenness and sorcery in the same lineup as it talks about adultery, fornication, angers, outburst of wrath there. It's in the same exact list there. So it's in the same categories of sin that the Apostle Paul uh, taught about there and, and, and in teaching about there he said those who practice such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God there but at the same uh, time he also taught that we can have uh, the Holy Spirit move in us in the next section of verses there and that uh, the fruit of the Spirit can come and uh, that the Spirit of God can live us and the fruit of the Spirit will be brought out of us as Jesus Christ reigns in our life amen amen if you remember Jesus when he stepped on the scene uh, there uh, uh, in his uh, in the synagogue there he began to read the scripture there out of Luke there and as he read the scripture uh, he made uh, that scripture out of Isaiah very clear and if you remember what it says he said I've come to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives and recover the spirit of blind to set liberty to them that are bruised there Jesus come to set the captive free amen amen Amen. Don't matter what sin that is dominating in somebody's life, Jesus can be victorious. Amen. Amen. I think uh, I, I'm pretty sure most in here understand that we've all got sin issues. Amen. Uh, addiction, alcohol isn't the only sin issue out there, and we all struggle with selfishness, don't we? Amen. And we all uh, struggling with selfishness understand that if I don't surrender to Jesus on a daily basis there, selfishness can reign in my marriage, reign in my household, reign in my job there. That's why I've got to start every day with Jesus. Amen. And so that's part of the day in life of Bethel Colony of Mercy is to teach the men and women to have, uh, to know Jesus and learn that personal relationship with Jesus. So we start off in the morning uh, after we get breakfast at 7 there, we start off on the the morning at quiet time, uh, that quiet time where they get in a devotion, where they study in their Bible there uh, with no other noises and distractions around, just them and Jesus taking that quiet time there. After that, we have an hour and a half class there. Uh, Pastor Jamie, we're setting them up so when they come to you, they're ready for an hour and a half message. Amen. Amen. And uh, so uh, the, uh, they have an hour and a half class there that is uh, uh, taught by myself and other pastors in the women's campus there. They have a, a set of team that come in, volunteers and, and people who are full-time at Bethel there to teach at the women's campus there. And uh, so we teach them uh, who Jesus is. We teach them uh, the overcoming uh, message of the power of the blood of the Lamb. Amen. Matter of fact, if you remember, Jesus told us in Revelation there that we overcome the enemy by uh, the blood of the lamb and by the what? The word of our testimony. The word of our testimony. And so uh, after um, we have an hour and a half class, we break up all over the campuses uh, there and we uh, maintain the property there. Uh, we, we try not to hire anything out there. We want to be good stewards of what God uh, um, uh, God has given us there. I was uh, Somebody was asking about buying something the other week there and I said no, we try not to do that. Uh, we try to take care of that ourselves the best we can there I, I said we really squeezed the buffalo uh, around here and he said no you don't squeeze the buffalo you kill the buffalo around here uh, amen and 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 we want to be good stewards of whatever God sends that way that way that way we do our best with it and and so we we have uh, teams that do lawn and care long long guard lawn, lawn and gardening 
I got that out. Uh, lawn care, uh, housekeeping, working in the office, working in the kitchen, um, um, uh, maintaining the equipment around there. So we have all kinds of teams uh, in, during the day that maintain the property. We also have some that go off the hill. We have a lawn care group uh, that goes out and cut, uh, cuts yards in Lenore. Uh, we have a group that goes to uh, an elementary school every single day. Uh, we have uh, some who go out and help those who can't help themselves. Maybe they're elderly and not able to do a whole lot there. We uh, have built ramps. We've uh, cleaned gutters out. We've cut grass for those who who aren't able to take care of some of those things themselves there. That way we can help our community. As our community gives so much to us, we want to be able to give back there. And it also teaches the men and women so much there uh, because the lifestyle of addiction tends to be a rather selfish lifestyle. It's a give me, give me, give me, whatever uh, supports my addiction there. And so this teaches them as well is to sacrifice and give, amen? Teaches them to use their gifts and talents uh, to share it with somebody else there. And is that not what the church is about, amen? Amen. And as the church is, is a body there, we're trying to teach them that picture as we break up in different groups, uh, helping the ministry all day long there. Uh, we're trying to teach them how the body works together as one, as he is the head, uh, and we can all come around and be arms and feet and toes and, and, and all kinds of help to the ministry that God has given us. Amen. Amen. Um, um, <clears throat> I'm sure here in Alexander County, you all have seen no absent of addiction issues. Is that a true statement? Oh, y'all good here in Alexander County, huh? I know it's Sunday morning. You can respond to me. You can. I promise you. Uh, there, we're not breaking tradition there, uh, and there, it's all around us, is it not? Addiction there, it's affecting uh, our spouses, it's affecting affecting our kids, it is affecting our uh, cousins and aunts and uncles there. All around us, addiction is affecting us there, and affecting us there, we see or what we've been told there in the report there that nine people uh, a day are dying of overdoses. Did you hear what I said? Nine people a day before the day's out, before Sunday evening service is over, uh, according to the stats, there'll be nine more people who have entered into eternity, one direction or another, related to addiction issues. And we want to be a part of stopping that. Amen? We want to be a part of stopping that. And being a part of stopping that, I'm going to invite Johnny and Regina to come on up here real quick. And I'll have them, I'm going to have them share a little bit of what's going on at the women's campus and some of the things that we're looking forward to do uh, and how we are uh, trying to minister uh, with couples and, and future with kids. This is my son, Johnny, by the way. Well, good morning. Uh, as he said, I'm Pastor Johnny Kelly. This is my wife, Regina, over here to my left. She moved on me. Um, we are happy to be here. Uh, we actually, uh, in October, will be directors of the women's campus for two years. So that's a blessing. And uh, as my dad said, I got to grow up at Bethel, running around, and uh, it's, it's just in my DNA. Uh, so it's been a blessing to, getting to come back and be a part of what God's doing. Uh, I want to share briefly uh, what, what we are doing out at the women's campus. Um, we currently can house 22 ladies. Uh, when we got there two years ago, we were averaging anywhere from 5 to 10 uh, ladies, and now we can house 22. Uh, we've been able to open up a cabin since then, and uh, we've been able to bring in uh, some more buildings to, to house our um, tape room, our um, um, common area with a TV room and, and canteen, and we got a counseling office. And we've actually hired on a second counselor 
since then, which also allows us to do 22 ladies. Uh, my wife is the director of counseling. She does the primary counseling on campus, and then we have our second part-time counselor that's there as well now, and we're very blessed to have her. Her name's Miss Barbara. And um, uh, the vision of the women's campus is uh, to be able to minister to entire families. Uh, as my dad said, you heard uh, how many are dying each day in addiction, uh, and part of the goal is to be able to reach as many lives as we can with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so uh, with that, you know, our goal, we, we right now can have uh, men at the men's campus, women at the women's campus. We've had married couples come through the separate campuses, and then once they've come through the main program, we've been able to do marriage counseling with them. We have one of those couples, I believe, with us today. Uh, so we're very blessed to have them. And um, we've had, I don't know, about, what, eight couples come through? Twelve couples now. We've had about 12 couples come through, and majority of them are out doing phenomenal and doing very well and uh, leading successful lives and being uh, a solid rock in their family. Uh, many of them have children that have you know, now being able to be a part of their children's lives, whereas before that wasn't something that was possible for them. And um, part of our future goal uh, is to be able to minister to the entire family uh, at the women's campus. So eventually we want to be able to have uh, women and their children on the campus where we have uh, the ability to minister to the men at the men's campus, the women at the women's campus, and also their children uh, there um, as well. Because as you know, addiction don't just affect the person that's struggling with the addiction. It affects the entire family, uh, children, parents, grandparents, everyone involved uh, is, is struggling uh, with this family member that's struggling in addiction. Um, so I'm going to give it over to my wife for just a minute and let her share a little bit about how we do counseling there at the women's campus. Um, we are entirely, um, again, a biblical-based facility, so the counseling that everybody receives is biblical counseling. Um, we're not keen on the Freudian, Rogerian, some of the more secular ideologies. We do understand that there are things like trauma that have affected people's lives, but the Bible actually has an answer to every problem we have. So we are bringing the Bible and the Word of God to bear on the problems of the individual. Now, counseling at the men's and women's campus in that respect is the same, but can be different because men and women are different. Um, there's a book out called Men Are Waffles, Women Are Spaghetti, and it's very true. There's a box for what's happening, and in the man's mind, they're going to work on the one thing, and then we're going to move on to the next thing, and the thing from the first box stays in that box. Women we can have 75 things touching at the same time. And sometimes that's a bit of a knot to untangle. So we, the, the method and the individual counseling may look a little different over on the women's campus, but the core of that counseling is Jesus, is the word of God, and is the Holy Spirit having the opportunity to address individual problems. So um, that is one of the most important interruptions of the day uh, of the week is when the students get to come out of their work day and come and sit and be counseled in the word of God. Um, and so as uh, Pastor Pruitt said, you know, we're dealing with, if we're dealing with a sin issue, we need the savior to address that sin issue. And in John 15, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Well, a lot of times these men and women have been told, you need to do better, do better, do better, get it right, get it right, get it right. Behavior change is what they're looking for. You can't change the fruit without changing the roots. So that's what we're working on. That's what the Holy Spirit is working on when each of these men and women step into the program is changing the roots. And that's all I have to share. <laughs> <laughs> 
Growing up, um, I heard my great grandfather, who was director for 26 years, and my dad uh, share oftentimes that uh, you know we are we don't consider ourselves a rehab; we consider ourselves a transformation center, and that's because we get to see lives transformed every day, and it's a blessing to get to see lives that are, are were on their way, honestly, on a pathway to hell. Uh, they were on their way to um, that that in that direction, going to hell, going to damnation, and then God came in, turned their life around when they repented and turned from their wicked ways. That's what the Bible says. We repent, we turn from our wicked ways. He's faithful and just to forgive us for our sins and all unrighteousness. And that's what he does. That's what we get to see every day. We get people, see men and women forgiven of their sins and able to turn it around and walk in a path, a straight path toward Jesus. Because he's the only one that can truly save us from our sin. No matter what that is, whether that's addiction, whether that's uh, pornography, whether that's um, you know sexual immorality, it don't matter what it is. He can take us, he can pluck us out of the miry pit, and can set us on that firm foundation. And it's such a blessing. Thank you for letting us get up here and share a little bit. Amen. We have a wonderful team. As you can imagine, uh, we can hold 88 men at the men's campus, 22 at the women's campus there. We can't do it by ourselves. We can't do it by ourselves. There's a whole team. If you're a staff member out here, will you mind standing up real quick there? Just want to take a minute and recognize you uh, there. These are some of the staff members that are here from the men and women's campus there. Thank you for uh, acknowledging them. We appreciate what they do. And that's, that's just a portion of the team. You may be seated. That's just a portion of the team as we have a whole lot more um, uh, back at the campuses there. Uh, we have about a total of 30 volunteers and staff member every single day uh, there. As you can imagine, it takes a lot. Uh, so we need you to pray for us. We need you to pray for those who are on the waiting list that need to come to us there. We need you to pray for uh, those that are in the program as they are making those uh, life changes and life choice changes that the gospel may make an impact in their life there. We need you to pray for us and having the resources to be able to accomplish what we do every single day. Uh, what we do every single day uh, cost, or excuse me, every single week cost about $20,000 a week at Bethel Colony. So in about a year, it takes $1.2 million to run two campuses campuses there uh, to be able to see lives change there. Some may say that's a whole lot of money. It is a whole lot of money, but can I tell you, it's worth every person of it. Amen. Every person, as we see over 400 people come to us every single year, ask a mama if it makes a difference. Ask a daddy if it makes a difference. Ask one of those precious children. I uh, was pre preaching at um, uh, church Thursday, and I had one, two different episodes of people coming up to me. Uh, one was a gentleman grabbed me by the hand and said, I appreciate so much what you do, what you stand for. He said, my son came to your program there, and uh, he did not stay, and he's not with me today. He's in eternity. And I wish he would have just stayed with you, stuck it out with you, and we would have seen what God could have done in his life there. Uh, at the end of the service, I had another gentleman come up and grab my hand, and he said, I want to tell you a true story. He said, my dad was a believer and a strong believer, and uh, he went to work for this guy at a gas station there, and as he began to work with him, he figured out he had an alcohol problem, and uh, dealing with his alcohol problem, he many times when he got drunk in the evening would lash out with anger, and he took a swing at his dad one day and when he took a swing at his dad uh, the next day the gentleman was very regretful and uh, feeling very ashamed of the situation and he was able to talk to him about Jesus and he took him to Bethel Colony and I believe he said in 1951 
He took him to Bethel Colony Mercy, saved his life. Jesus saved his life there, changed his life. He said he was a different man the whole rest of his life, uh, that he didn't deal with alcohol or the anger issues because of what he learned at Bethel Colony in meeting Jesus. Amen? Amen. So God's doing miracles here. So we need you to pray for us and team up with us there as we reach many. We get people all over the place, mainly from North Carolina or the eastern seaboard. We get uh, people far as California, uh, Texas, Canada, uh, Mexico. We get people from out of the country, uh, uh, far as East Africa and Switzerland, believe it or not. Uh, and we, we uh, love uh, ministering the gospel. We love what we do. Uh, if you're, if you're going to be there 20-some years, you better love what you do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Real quick, I'm gonna, if you, did I miss anything? You have any questions? All right, they're telling me the stuff I missed. All right, this is a test for you to see if you've been paying attention. Uh, there. Uh, what, what does it cost for an individual to come? It only costs them $350 is all it costs for a minimum of 65 days. If they're there, they could be there as long as nine months, uh, and it would still only cost them $350. Many of them up here or down here, the ladies there, can tell you if they did not have the money, they weren't uh, uh, stopped from coming because we're going to still minister to them knowing Jesus is going to meet the need. Amen? Amen? Amen, and uh, we're thankful for that. Amen. Uh, one of the things I want to uh, point out here before I transition to music there is on the back table there is brochures and a, and a little flyer there. If you know someone who needs help, and I believe most of us in this room probably know somebody who is struggling with addiction, can I challenge you, take a brochure, take it with you, pray about the timing, and ask God to open a door for you to share uh, some hope with them, an answer with them, and I promise you, we will do our absolutely best leading to Jesus, amen, leading them to Jesus there. Uh, and uh, uh, if you'll grab that on your way out there, I think it'll be a good tool for you if you know somebody who needs help there, amen. Amen. Well, we're going to um, uh, go, uh, going to sing now. Amen. Amen. Ladies, can I get you to come on up here? Gentlemen, can I get you to stand? Attitude check. Amen. One thing I've learned, Taylorsville, is if you'll smile at them, they'll sing better. Amen. If you don't, then they're wondering if you love them or not. Amen. So will you show them some love already and give them a big, big smile? Amen. Amen. Shit, the God who is. We worship the God who is. 
remember who I was. I was lost, I was blind, I was running out of time. Sin separated, the breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross you paid the debt i owe broke my chains freed my soul for the first time i had hope Yeah. Hey.
his name. Glory to his name. If I sing that one more time, sing in glory to his name. Glory to his name. Amen. That's good stuff. Amen. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. This is some of everybody's favorite part is hearing what God is doing in individuals' lives there. How many want to hear a little bit what Jesus has been doing? Amen. Amen. I want to get Brother Wes Bumgardner. Where are you at, Brother Wes? Come on up here, Brother Wes. Tell him what Jesus has been doing in your life. Amen. Morning, church. God's great, Annie. Well, here's a little of my story. Well, Jesus' story. I started smoking marijuana when I was a teenager and thought it was okay to do it. I thought, what was the harm of smoking a little marijuana when it, when it, well, it turned into a lot after 25 years. In my marriage, I still smoked. And the older I got, the more moody I got. But little did I know that I had, I had a lot of demons in me at that time. So it started <clears throat> ruining more or less. Made me think that my wife was doing something wrong and she wasn't. It ruined my marriage. I was blind, I couldn't see what was really happening. So I turned to the stronger drug to block out the feelings. And that was really when my life started to fall apart. I didn't realize how depressed I had gotten. <clears throat> when I looked into the mirror, I didn't see myself anymore staring back at me. As time went by, I really started having 
really started hating myself for what I had become. I actually felt like this was the end. And I was at the end of my life. I didn't want to live anymore. So one day, me and my mother went out to eat. And I finally admitted everything to her. I told her I was ready to get some help. I heard about Bethel from one of my friends. And when I mentioned Bethel, she actually did a U-turn to get, get me there as quick as possible. <laughs> Little did I know that this is where my life actually started to take a U-turn too. When I first got to Bethel, I was very skeptical and was thinking, what did I get myself into? <laughs> the first three days was the hardest. I cried and slept all the time. I still had so much hate and depression about what I had become. I knew I couldn't do this by myself. But with the support of my brothers at Bethel, I figured I would give it a shot because my way got me here. And I was doing this, I was doing things my way. I didn't want the help. So I turned, I wanted the help to get away and clean from my addiction, but wasn't sure how. After a few days, I seen some guys that was so happy and joyful at peace, I wanted the same thing. So on July 21st, I had a counseling that day. I was planning on leaving. I was planning on telling him I was ready to go home. But God had a different plan for me. I actually got saved instead of leaving. And the feeling on that day I will never forget. God gave me so much joy, peace, and love than anyone could ever imagine. I thought he had given up on me, but I was the one who gave up on him. God never gives up on us. The Lord is my father, and I never, and never gives up on me, or never would. I was just living in darkness, and thanks to salvation, I'm so full of light, and I would never let him down again for what he has delivered me from. He never left my side through all, all this, and I'll never leave his side either. He has brought my wife and family back into my life. And so many other blessings. I got remarried while I was in Bethel. My family's faces says it all. They had prayed for me the whole time, and God has answered their prayers and mine. He is a good God that unconditionally loves his children. Thank you, God, for everything. I love you. And I want to finish up with a little scripture. Psalm 1611. 
You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with external pleasures, eternal pleasures at your right hand. Thank you all. Amen. I hope you hear his tenderness of his conviction on how he treated his family and thankful for how God changed there. Because sometimes in the middle of addiction, uh, when family is fighting with those who are trying to get help, it's hard to believe that they really are ashamed of what they're doing when they keep turning back to it over and over there. But I'm telling you, that's the heart that's really going on in the background that drugs tend to numb down. It's really a heart of crime for help and needs some help. Don't give up. Keep praying. Keep pushing through uh, until that we see Jesus change their life. Amen. This is my friend Jacqueline. Jacqueline, tell them what Jesus is doing. Hey, my name is Jacqueline. Um, I'm 41. Um, God must have had plans for me to wing this because I left my paper sitting down there, <laughs> and that's that's okay. Um, I started using when I was about 13. I grew up with both my parents. They were both both involved in my life, came to all my soccer games, ballet recitals, all that stuff. But my family had a lot of secrets. I didn't know that my dad was a drug addict. And when they divorced, I became a manipulator. And I would stay wherever I knew that I could get what I wanted. And that turned into, I started out with smoking pot and went I got to pills, my aunt was always the first one to give me drugs. So I had this skewed sense of that drugs were okay or they couldn't be that bad because if my aunt could give them to me, that they just, they weren't bad. And I lived my life like that and for a good 20 some years. I have three boys. My youngest one is in diapers. He'll, he was 20 months old yesterday. And my oldest one is a junior in college. So I have a pretty big spread. And God knew what he was doing giving me boys. <sighs> um, I don't have a good relationship with my two older boys. Um, my oldest, I was in and out of his life a lot. And he saw a lot. He's a, he's a good kid, but he's never been saved. So I just pray every day for, you know, for him to let God into his life. And I feel like our relationship will We'll get better from there. I don't have custody of my 10-year-old in my use, and I just couldn't ever get it together in time. So I no longer have custody of him. And God blessed me with that little baby, my 20-month-old. He's given me another chance to be a mom and get this right. And I want to be the best mom I can be to him and a Christian mother to him so he can grow up with that in his life. God has done so much for me. I thought that I was saved when I was little, um, but I've realized since then I did it because everybody else in Sunday school did it. And I had a counselor that told me that it's through no works of my own that I'm saved. And when I realized that my life took a turn, I was able to ask God, ask him to forgive me and ask him to come into my life and ask him to take away all those things 
that were keeping me so messed up for so long. And since then, I know that God is the only reason that I'm clean today. I came to Bethel kicking and screaming. I did not want to be there. They've been been in my life for a little while. And they had been working on me to come for a pretty good while. And I just wasn't willing to do it. I had every excuse in the world why I could not go. And this past time, my detox was really bad. And the first night I was at Bethel, I took off walking at 12.30 at night. Sorry, y'all. The women's campus is in the middle of nowhere. So that was not a good idea at all. Um, By the grace of God, I made it to the hospital and back to detox. But I made the decision to get high one last time on April 25th. That last time, I had no, intent, no plans to kill myself, even though the drug I was doing was killing everybody. And I woke up to paramedics, and I had overdosed. Um, but by the grace of God, he woke me up. And that was the moment I just gave up. I just said, I need to go back to Bethel. The only number I could remember in the hospital was somebody from Bethel. And that was God. When I got there, I was broken. Um, I didn't know who I was. Some days I still don't know exactly who I am. But I knew that I wanted a better life for myself and for my son especially. I had done so much damage in so many people's lives for so long that I was just tired. And I was tired of hurting people. So... My experience there, I mean, it did. It changed my life. God saved me. He saved me. But Bethel helped get me where I am. Amen. Uh, I got married at Bethel July 1st. And I never would have thought that was going to happen. He was done with me. Done. And so I am now married to the father of my youngest son. Um... Things aren't perfect by any means every day, but we love each other and know that through God we can work out anything. And I was baptized the day after, on July 2nd. And I've been home for three months now, and I go to church every chance, every time the doors are open, and I just pray every day for God to help me with whatever may come my way. And so I'm just really grateful. I'm really grateful for where I am, and I'm really grateful for Bethel. And I don't have my paper, so I don't have a verse, but John 3.16 is, I mean, that's the basis of everything. And so, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Amen. 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 We have at at Bethel this year, we've had, um, I think it's four or five weddings that we have done at Bethel this year uh, there. And I'm I'm very thankful for that. 
uh, in a culture today that um, family values have been declining, declining, and in the middle of drug addiction, usually people don't care much about those things. Uh, but when God gets a hold of your heart, he puts a, uh, a, a righteousness in there that you want to live righteous and holy towards him. So we've seen some people who just, I want to live right with God. We want to do this right. I don't want to go any further without uh, going home without being married there. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Brother Robert, tell him what Jesus has been doing. Great. Amen. Oh. My name is Robert Banks, and um, I'm 54 years old. I'm from New York, but I was raised up in a small town called Ballerboro in North Carolina. Um, right before we left New York at the age of five, my mom, she had um, asthma real bad, social service going to split, me and, my, me and my seven sisters up. So my grandparents came from North Carolina, brought us down here to Ballerboro, North Carolina, and raised us and stuff, worked on the farm until I was like 16. My grandfather and my grandmother passed away the same month. So I finally met my mother when I was 17. We were met in New York, lived with my parents, but lived with my mother and um, in a one-bedroom apartment. So it's nine of us in that one apartment sleeping and stuff. So um, I was going to school. I got induced to drugs, the crack cocaine. Um, back then, we used to call it woolers. So I saw I saw I saw us selling drugs to take help take care of my family, my sisters and my mother, and my stepfather. Um, I started using, drinking and stuff. Been in and out of prison in New York. One prison I never want to go back to Rikers Island. Never want to go there. But when I was in Rikers Island, I was sitting on a table in Sidon Lower. Uh, big dude, three times my size. This other dude was sitting on the bench talking. We were talking. Big dude came in and put the dude to sleep. Just so happened, my cousin worked there as a correction officer. He had called my name. And I turned around. The big dude said, if I ever catch you back in here, I'm going to do the same thing to you. I didn't believe him. So... I got back out, went back on the street, started selling drugs and stuff, started using drugs, taking care of my family and stuff. And I got, I got so hooked in it. Um, things we say back then, don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> Believe me, don't do it. Um, the devil had a hold on me. I was out there doing everything I can, robbing, stealing, doing everything to people that I knew and didn't know. I just didn't care about nobody but myself. I wanted my next high, and I get it in the way I can. But to bring that back down to North Carolina, I came back to North Carolina some years ago and stuff, and I was working and stuff. I was still trying to take care of, care of my family to be the man that my grandfather was because he always took care of his family. And my family, which is my sisters, they needed me because I was the only, only brother they, they got. So I'll go back out there and start selling drugs again. I thought I was doing good, taking care of my family and them at the same time, had money in my pockets, girls on the side. But there I go again. I saw I smoking my own supply again. So I'm going back to the same thing I've been I was doing before. I'll go back in prison. I do a couple of years. Um, I was in a place called Lincolnton, North Carolina in 2007. Um, I got induced to church. I knew about God, but I just didn't have God in my heart. 
I didn't care because I still wanted to do what I did. So I, I did about four years there and stuff. I got out. I played around with God, with my girlfriend, telling me, yeah, I don't go to church, didn't, didn't go. I really didn't handle plan on going because I always thought God was just a word people use to pretend like they something, you know, to be better than anybody else because they got a God or somebody they believe in. I believed in myself. You know, I believed in what the devil had for me and did what I wanted. Man, that ain't fun. But some reason or another, I had to take another turn back to prison. And in um, 2021, my grandson got killed in Hickory. And I tried my best to get the guy that killed my grandson. I mean, I did everything to get to him. I even made a, a knife out of a pancake stir, whatever you stir your pancakes up with, sold it down, took it into the, the poorhouse, tried to kill the dude. But so happened to get him court TV, so I went back out. I caught a charge that would give me less time than I thought of probation. So I'm in um, Catawba County Jail. I signed up for a GD class just to get next to the dude. Uh, I got from here to that door, and this, they came across the radio talking about take banks back to the cell. I had a shake in my pocket. I was going to kill him if I got in there, but they took me back up the hall, searched me, went to court. They charged me for um, attempt to commit serious bodily harm for a person that I didn't even get close to, close to killing, not even touching them. But the judge threw that out, and he gave me two years for... Um, writing a bad check. Um, at that time, I went to prison in 2021. My, my plan was, for the whole two years, I just got up this, um, this year, my plan was to kill the dude that killed my grandson. They had my whole heart set on for the whole two years I was in prison. And Lord knows, I wanted him bad. But some reason or another, when I was in Caldwell Correctional, and this is the only prison I know that got a church on it. And they got a church seven days a week and service every day. But I wouldn't go because my heart wasn't there. I still wanted the guy that killed my grandson. And that's what I wanted. But I say about a year and a half after, after I was in there, this dude invited me to church. I went and started dibbling and dabbling and stuff. But my heart still wasn't right. Um, July 4th, my plan was to go back to Hickory. I had everything set up, plans to get back in the county, because he's still in the county right now this day. I had plans to get back in there. I knew the plans, how I was going to do and everything. It's already set up for me to get back in the county, get my hands on this dude that killed my grandson. But man, God is good, because they, somebody told me about Bethel, which is Chaplain Green at the prison. And my plan was to go to Bethel, but I wanted to be Bethel July 5th. And they, they were telling me what I had to do there, the sentences. <laughs> when, they, when they say that you're going to do, do a lot of writing, I, I think that's God testing you because you got to write sentences. Like the first one I wrote is, I'm, I'm Rob Banks here to change my life. I write that a hundred times. And the first three days, I made plans to leave. I, I called my ride, hey, look, come get me. 
But God said, I ain't finished with you. So I still stayed there. Don't see on the wire. I say about a, a, two weeks later, God set me down. And he talked to me. I prayed and asked for forgiveness for my sins and asked, and asked to come to life. And I really believe he did. Devin, I accepted God, but God said that he wasn't finished with me. The hardest part I had to do while I was at Bethel, the hard part I had to do when I was at Bethel is write a letter to the guy, Mason, that killed my grandson in prison. I mean, in county. That's the hardest thing I ever did in my life. Ask somebody that took my grandson from me. I told him I forgive him for what he did. In the, in the other days. Any other time, I would never done that to nobody. I would never ask anybody for forgiveness. But I know God is real. Because when he told me to do that, and I sent that letter out to him, I won't expect nothing back from him, and I still ain't. I just wanted to know that I forgive him and that I love him. And I don't hold nothing against him. Because if God forgive me for all the sins that I did to other people, I got to forgive him. You know, it's, I, I, I can't say this, though. God is real because this morning, as I got up, I, I prayed to God. I said, God, I do your will. Whatever your will is for me today, I do. I never thought Pastor Prue asked me to get a testimony this morning. <laughs> so, y'all, please, when you, when you pray for it, you better make sure you're ready for it. <laughs> but God is going to test you. Ain't no... I just thank God for all the glory, the honor he gave me. I thank for Bethel. Bethel been a big part of my life since I've been there. Like I said, I've been there since July 5th. I love it. I thought about leaving, but I can't go nowhere yet. You know, until God finishes with me, I'm there. And just thank y'all for y'all support. Will you stand? If you would, bow your heads, close your eyes. God has said much this morning. Have we had ears to hear this morning? He has spoke to us about he has not given up on us. He has spoke to us about how far he will go to draw us, to save us. He went to the point of leaving heaven and coming to this earth walking and living amongst us sharing his love and teaching the truths of his father even while people made fun of him blasphemed him even accused him of being the devil he yet still loved and washed some of the very same people's feet he went to the point as Philippians says, the point of unto death on that cross for each and every one of us. No matter where our 
sin is. It may be in our mind a sin of extreme with addiction or sin of extreme of wanting to hurt somebody. But can I tell you, jealousy, gossip, all those things are just as much a sin as doing drugs. And when it comes down to it, we all are going to face Jesus Christ one day. And if we have not surrendered to him before we have entered into death, it'll be too late. It's appointed unto man to live, to die, and then judgment. And I believe every day God is working on our hearts to draw us closer and closer and closer. And I wonder, is that day today for you? For one of us maybe up here? And I want to give you an opportunity because the scripture says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. Maybe you're weary and burdened of your own guilt and shame. Maybe you're weary and burdened of your own sin. Maybe you're weary and burdened of someone you know that is away from God and need Jesus, that needs to be set free from addiction. Maybe you're weary and burdened for a family member. I'm going to pray. And as I pray, I want you to come and bring your burden to the Lord. Only you and Jesus knows. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, right now, under the sound of my voice, are men and women, boys and girls, who you have been knocking on the door of their heart, who you have been drawing on. And we ask right now in Jesus' name, Lord, that you give them courage to resist selfishness, to resist uh, hiding from you and covering themselves up with those fig leaves and saying, Jesus, I can't cover anymore. I can't hide anymore. I need you. I need you in my life. If you're one who needs Jesus in your life, can I ask you, don't wait till I'm done praying. Just move towards Jesus right now. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we lift up those who we love who are away from you, and we ask in Jesus' name that you draw them close. Lord, I pray right now as this altar is open that, Lord, your saints, your people, maybe those who are away from you, may come to you right now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Will you come? Will you come make this place an altar? What about you? I love you, Lord, for your mercy never failed me all my days. I've been held in your hand from the moment that I wake up until I lay my head. I will sing of the goodness of God. Come on, let's sing that chorus. All my life.
him to move in your life is he knocking right now is he tugging right now it's an amazing thing that the God of all the universe would reach out his hand right where you are today and move on your heart don't push him away with his gentleness don't push him away with his love don't push him away as he pursuing you with all that he is yield to him yield to him right now one more time All my life, sing that. All my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing. sing Right now, uh, before I close, I just want to mention, this is your opportunity to, to give. Uh, if you don't have a check or a way to give right now, you can go online at, on our webpage. Kevin has set up a link where, that you can give to Bethel Colony. You can give any time throughout the year. They're in our budget. When you tithe, you give to Bethel Colony. But today, you have a special opportunity to bless them. $20,000 a week, in my opinion, is, is not a lot with all that you got to take care of. So let's help them meet their goals. Amen. God has blessed you, and you should sow into this ministry. It is a blessing. Were those testimonies not amazing? Was the singing not amazing? So I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray for them now, okay? And then we'll dismiss, and then Pastor Paul will be up here. They're going to eat in the gym, but please give today, okay? Fathers, we come to you in prayer. Lord, I pray for every person that's at Bethel Colony of Mercy seeking your help. Lord, I pray that you would heal. Lord, that you would deliver. Lord, I pray for their families back home. You would bless and encourage them. Father, I pray that when they leave that place, that they'll be your ambassadors wherever you send them. Lord, keep them clean. Keep them fresh. Lord, use them for your honor and for your glory. Lord, bless their lives. Lord, encourage them. Give them strength. 
Father, use them for your honor and for your glory. Father, we want to thank you today that we've met. Lord, if anyone here needs a pastor when they get out, I'll be their pastor. Lord, you, you, you encourage Pastor Paul and all their leadership, and Lord, meet every need that they have financially, emotionally, Lord, spiritually. Lord, you continue to bless that place in Caldwell County. We'll thank you and praise you for what you do. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. And all of God's people say together, hey, let's give the Lord another hand clap of praise. God bless you, and you're dismissed. Thank